The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. Welcome into the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti. Belly on up to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. It could be a milk. It could be a pop. It could be something stronger. Heck, you don't need to sit at the bar. You're listening on whatever device you're listening on, and I appreciate that. And so does the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. They know that now saving money is more important than ever, and that's why they offer a number of great savings accounts and tools to meet your needs, whether you're looking for a first savings account for your child, certificate of deposit, or a money market account, First National Bank of Evergreen Park has the right savings solutions for you. To learn more, make an appointment to meet with a banker at bankevergreenpark.com slash eppod. Member FDIC, Hannah Beth, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We've got some folks stopping by today. we got Father Paul Guzman going to stop by from Most Holy Redeemer. He has been on the show before. He is the priest that is also a former U.S. Marshal, so he's the gun-toting priest (laughs) that also is a registered nurse that also says his mass is like singing where the other ones don't do it, but meanwhile is a Navy Marine chaplain and gets deployed in the war zone. So the man is complex and interesting. Very interesting. Okay, and we're going to have him stop by because tis the season now. My wife was like, the moment Thanksgiving was over, she's like, Put up the lights. Yeah. It's been a rough year. Get them up. Keep them up. Start playing music. Like, it's been a war right now to try to keep her off of Light FM. Like, I know <laughs> she's listening to it when I'm not around. I've never because, listened to oh, it. Oh, we get in the car, and we're all a family, and I skip by it, and everybody in the car goes, oh, yeah, Dad, skip that. It's not Christmas yet. If I get in the car after somebody else has used it. When do they start that? They start that November 1st, like right after Halloween. When oh, I get in the car, DJs. when I get in the car... After she's driven a car, it's always on light FM. Always. <laughs> the, she's always acting like, oh, no, it's not time for it yet. But then she leaves it on light FM when she gets out of the car. So I know she's listening to it, and I know she's excited about the fact that it's here. So now it's here. It'll be nonstop Christmas music. It'll be nonstop Christmas movies. My five-year-old will probably now stop watching Christmas movies because he was watching them in June and July. Polar and he'll probably Express, move on. Yes. Yeah, he'll probably move on to like Halloween movies now because he never goes along <laughs> with whatever the holiday is. Because he's a complex five-year-old. Yeah, speaking of Light FM, I've never listened to Light FM. I have never seen a Hallmark Christmas movie. Wow. And I want to keep that streak going. I would keep that going. Some people love those. Some people love those. My mom does. My mom and my grandma, my big mom, they love love them. I've never seen one. Never. You know, the thing with Light FM, and I'll give you a little insider thing here, since we got a moment before we get to our first guest, Father Paul. And then we also have a local man, Tom Mulally. And he is not only the head IT guy, over at Evergreen Park at the Village, but rides around in a boat for the Coast Guard as an auxiliary member. He's been doing that for 15 years. And he's a part-time fire chief who responded to a recent fire, house fire here at Evergreen Park we were talking about in the last episode. So he's going to talk a little bit about that and what went down. So we've got some fun stuff that we're going to talk about. But before we get to that, I remember when they first started trying out all holiday music. Mm-hmm. because I was on the radio back then. That uh, was late 90s when they first started trying it out. Yeah. And I remember that I was at like a symposium and there was this big room full of people and they were talking about it and all these experts from around the country, all these consultants, 
all these radio program directors, all these people who had owned these big companies like Clear Channel and Cumulus Media and everything else you see these people, they own like 90% of the radio stations in the country. It's really owned by like about five companies on oh, yeah. 90% of the radio oh, yeah. stations and television stations. And they were all like, people love it. We could turn it on whenever we want to. We could probably play it 365 days a year and have a station that we could sell commercials on because we get enough listeners. And it doesn't happen in Chicago, but there are 365 day a year Christmas music stations why? in other parts of the country. People listen to it. That's why I don't get. There are people that love it no matter what time. Can you imagine it's June no. and you're listening to Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You? I don't. I was hoping you wouldn't say that because that song is now going to be in my head. <laughs> I was hoping you would not bring that song Sitting with us right now in the EP podcast, Father Paul Guzman, local Evergreen Park priest at Most Holy Redeemer, former U.S. Marshal, current registered nurse, and a Navy Marine chaplain who gets deployed overseas in war zones. And we like to have him by every once in a while because he's an interesting guy to talk to, and I like to put him on the spot with awkward questions. Like, now that I got you down here, I'm going to ask you whether or not uh, Christmas was stolen from a pagan holiday, because I always hear that constantly from my non-religious friends. Well, we were, we were celebrating the birth of Christ. We didn't know exactly when that was. So what we did is uh, that was a winter um, holiday for the pagans. So we just said, well, we'll fix them. We'll celebrate. <laughs> we'll we'll make well, this pagan Bacchanal into something You don't Christian. get to complain then because then uh, the, the fact that Christmas got commercialized because it looks like the pagans fought back. That's all that happened here. <laughs> Let's be honest. You have it was a pagan holiday. Yeah. Catholics moved in and said we're going to make this the birth of Christ. Pagans moved in and said Black Friday shopping and nonstop Christmas music on the radio <laughs> starting November the first. It feels like there's a there's a there's a back and forth there. Yeah, maybe they are trying to get back at us. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, it's like we had the idea first, so you know, suck it up. <laughs> uh, you had the idea to steal it from them, though. That's right. It's, that was so a, they can't steal it from yeah, you. Yeah, we pissed it. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, we, we we did it first. So that's you know, funny. live with it. What are the more obnoxious things that you see that happen during the holiday season? Like the tree is up right away. I follow Thanksgiving with it up, and the decorations ready to go. Especially this year because it's been such a depressing year. Yeah, and just want to celebrate it. Is there a time when it's supposed to go up in the Catholic Church? No, no, no. nothing. So it can go up. It can go up whenever it yeah, wants. I to. think in America we generally start putting the stuff up right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving, yeah. some people even trim the tree like on Thanksgiving. I've seen that before. And, is, and there's also a custom. I forget what uh, what ethnic group it was, but they wouldn't put the tree up a tree up until Christmas Eve. Now I know that that is that's a thing. Some people yeah, wait. Until some then. people wait until Christmas. Some Eve. people wait until Christmas Eve to put up the tree. Mm -hmm. All right. So then, do all Christians do Advent, or is that just a Catholic thing? No, all Christians do Advent. All is it the same for all Christians? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. So they all they all have the wreath. They're all lighting the four candles. Well, you know the the Advent wreath was actually something from the Protestants that we. Uh, you stole that too. We, we stole that because they steal a lot of things. Well, they the had a good idea. You know, we you know. I have a completely give, new view of Christmas right you now. Gotta give them credit for that. You know? <laughs> okay, so, so the Advent thing is the same. We get to Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that on Christmas Eve, at least in your church at Holy Redeemer, mm -hmm. that is the more packed day for people go to Mass than Christmas Day. Yes. Now, when we talked around Eastern time, Easter mm -hmm. time. You were like, well, you, you, you got to go to all of the things. 
Do you have to go to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? No. 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 And so the Christmas Eve mass counts. Yes. For Christmas Day. Uh, absolutely. And is that and that there's no like like poo-pooing or looking down or anything like no. that on the fact that some people do it early. No. All right. No. As, as a matter of fact, when I was a kid and probably when you were too, the Mass of Christmas Eve was midnight mass. I remember there was I went nothing to one, else besides that. I went to one midnight mass at St. Dennis. Uh-huh. Cuz that's what my original parish was where uh-huh. I grew up. There was a Christmas Eve mass though, if uh-huh. I'm not mistaken, they had yeah. one. I know that Redeemer has like three of them or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And and then eventually midnight mass slowly became like 10 p.m. mass, yes. which was good because even I remember I went to midnight mass maybe when I was a teenager. And as a teenager, I could stay up till three in the morning watching TV or screwing around uh-huh. or playing video games. But get me to once I get to the gospel or the homily during the midnight mass, I was dead on my feet. I <laughs> fell asleep right into my mother one night at midnight mass. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the homily was that boring. It was, yeah, it wasn't exactly as boring as yours, but it was boring. Oh, okay, good. Well, at least I, at least I know I cured insomnia. I can add that to my resume. <laughs> so how long then do people get to keep the decorations up? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now. I feel like, and this is my prediction because of COVID-19, people will, people normally rip them down right away. I yeah. see people that immediately, like the Christmas music radio station, 93.9 The Light, uh-huh. starts like Christmas music on the day after Halloween on November 1st. Oh my goodness. And on December the 26th, they're back to light music. They don't oh celebrate gosh. anything after Christmas. Oh my God. And I see people who take down their stuff almost right away, even before New Year's. But the weight at the holiday, at least, and I don't know, you can differentiate for mm-hmm. me between Catholics and just Christians. But the way the holiday, if I remember right, is Advent's like the pre thing. Then you got the yep. Christmas. Then you keep the decorations up for like weeks afterwards, right? Yes. Is that for everyone, all Christians or what? Um, here's how it works the next Sunday after Christmas is Holy Family. Okay. And then after that is the Epiphany. He grows up quick. He grows up really quick. <laughs> now, accelerate, accelerated growth for, for, for Jesus. For most people, right after the Epiphany, they start taking everything down. Right. But that's what we used to but do. But traditionally, Christmas doesn't really end until February the 2nd, the Feast of the Presentation. So if I want to keep my decorations up, let's yeah. say, mm-hmm. from now until February, yep. to get through what is probably going to be a difficult winter. Yep. Totally normal. Yeah. Nobody yeah. should look at me badly for it. Nobody should think it weird that my lights stay up for two months here. Totally normal. This is from you telling me yeah. that we can do this. If you went to St. Peter's, the crash would be up until February the 2nd. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to need that. Have you ever year. seen the crash there in, at St. Peter's? No, I've never seen that. The figures are life size. Where's it? You mean St. Peter's Basilica in Rome? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've been St. there. Peter's Square. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. The creche? Yeah. Is that like that half circle the, thing? The manger. The manger scene. Oh, no. I, have, yeah. I was not out there during Christmas, okay. so I didn't yeah. see that. Well, there must that, be something they put out there, during there, Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Th- during, uh, uh, I believe they start putting the things yeah, up no, at Advent. I did Italy in summer. Yeah. Much, much oh, more. Oh, it's much hotter. Yeah, much hotter. <laughs> well, actually, winter in Rome isn't too horrible. Probably it's can't be like that here. bad. No, no it's no. Not, not like here. Nothing's as horrible as winter. But if you go in the mountains, the you get a lot of snow. <laughs> <laughs> you go up to Norcia, you'll get some snow. All right. So decorations, put them up now. Yep. You can okay. Put them up now. Um, keep them up until February the 2nd. If you wish, or you take them down. No, I want everybody keeping them up. 2020 stunk and we deserve an extra month of uh, Christmas. All right. Go and for it. And so I'm all for that. And what else did we learn? Oh, the Catholics stole everything from other people. And, including pagans. But don't like it when people try to steal from them. Well, That's can, what I they learned. They can steal it, but just, you know, <laughs> keep it in mind, you know? Don't start playing light music on, you know, Christmas Day after, you know? 
that of all the things I said, that's what aggravated you the most. Yeah. Was that they're going back to Bon Jovi on Light Rock 93 yeah, 9 in December like, to 26. Oh, yeah, what the heck? <laughs> you know, that, that's the feast of St. Stephen for no, crying no, out St. Stephen gets uh, totally clipped to the heart. Yeah. <laughs> he gets, yeah. He gets, gets some, stoned. Gets some old in excess. That's what <laughs> yeah. he's getting there. Oh, he gets a little Justin Bieber on the 26. That's for. Uh, that's oh, for... gosh, hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Does your financial advisor actually take time to listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? Why worry about those things? When Tom Walsh is nearby, he's your local Edward Jones financial advisor. He works with you, focusing on what's important to you. He uses an established process to create personalized financial strategy, and he partners with you to help your strategy stay on track. Listen, families in South Chicago land have been benefiting from Tom's get-to-know-you approach and do-the-right-thing values for over 18 years. Contact my close personal friend and also a fellow Brother Ice alumni, Tom Walsh. He's your local Edward Jones advisor, located in Mount Greenwood, right outside of the EP at 111th and Kedzie. Member SIPC. Give me your favorite album or song. Um, I like the Bing Crosby, uh, Dreaming of a White Christmas. I also like the Bing Cosby with David Bowie, Little Drummer Boy. Right. I love those two. Okay. Yeah. There's there's a great... Walking in a Winter Wonderland. I like that one. I like the classic ones. There's a great Bing Crosby album, which is the White Christmas album. That doesn't have the David Bowie one on there, but that album is one of my favorite ones. It's got Christmas in Killarney. <laughs> I love that one. I love it. Malikaliki Maka is the... I love it. That's the great. Andrews sisters. They those did that great. one too. And then I like the Frank Sinatra one with the jingle bells where he spells the jingle bells. Yeah. That was my favorite song as a kid. I just latched on to the J-I and G-L-E bells. And also Home. all the Elvis ones. All See, the Elvis I was never Christmas. in Elvis oh, Christmas. Oh, what is wrong with you? One of the ones that my wife loves is that Stevie Nicks Silent Night song. The Stevie Nicks one? Have you heard that one before? I think I have. Where like the entire time, like for the last 10 minutes of the song, it's, well, it was a holy night. <laughs> well, it was a... And, and you can play a drinking game where every time she yells, well, it was a... If you take a shot, you'll be dead by the end of the song. <laughs> dead. Stone cold dead. <laughs> Now time for your EP podcast, Word on the Street. Did you know there was a robbery of the 7-Eleven right on 95th Street in the heart of Evergreen Park on the 19th of November? I just read about it. 10.30 at night, guy gets behind the counter and hits the clerk with a pistol, then takes off a running. The only good news here is you would think the police will eventually catch this joker, as while pulling a violent crime in the middle of the night, he decides he's going to wear a bright yellow hoodie. Definitely not a thinker. If you happen to know a male black who owns a yellow hoodie and likes to rock a surgical mask because he has no style, 708-422-2142, call the EPPD. Animal Control is asking you to remember to have your dogs registered and tagged and keep them on a leash no matter where you're at in Evergreen Park unless you're in the dog park. I got this one hippie in my neighborhood that likes to walk around in bare feet with two dogs off a leash and is shocked every time his unleashed dogs get out of pocket when I come around the corner with my dog on a leash. Oh, and please clean up after the dog. That's just gross. That's your word on the street found on the EP Podcast. Everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the EPPodcast.com. 
Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708-425-1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. This edition of Meet the Neighbors, sitting down here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar, uh, you're a fire chief, Tom Mullally, but you're not you're not Chief Kleinhouse. No, I'm a division chief. You're a division chief. So I thought I I thought there was like one chief in Evergreen, and then you told me you're like, oh no, there's there's another fire chief. I'm like, well, I haven't met this fire chief yet. So let's let's get him in here. How are you? I'm doing fine, Chris. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. You're your division chief over at Evergreen Park, and then I also was told that you work in the IT department. So uh, during the day you're doing IT for the village. Right. Evergreen fires part-time, other and, than Chief Kleinhouse. All right. And then when you need the work, you're working in the evenings. Right. As a firefighter on weekends or nights or weekends and weekday nights. So you sleep when? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Hope there's not to make up your problems during the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing that I found interesting is that I heard that you, you're also a member of the Coast Guard. So you keep yourself very, very busy. I like, like to say I, I play with water. I play underwater. Lifelong Evergreen Park resident? I've uh, been a lifelong uh, the entire 67 years. Wow. Keeping yourself pretty busy with everything. What do you enjoy doing the most? It sounds like the full-time thing is IT. I can't imagine that's exciting. No. But it, it, <laughs> that's that, that pays the bills. And uh, But then you, you also get to work with the fire department on a part-time basis as a chief. And then you're also a member of the Coast Guard for how, how long now? I've been 15 years with the Coast Guard Auxiliary. Okay. Well, fighting fires is fun. <laughs> fighting fires is fun. <laughs> All right. So you're enjoy, you enjoy the fighting of the fire. You, oh, yes. You're not running in the building, though, because you're a chief. You're kind of standing outside while they're doing it. Sometimes you're a firefighter on a rig. Instead of, you may have the rank of chief, but your position that day is fireman. So I may be on the roof cutting a hole. Were you at the one around the block? Oh, yet? yeah. I was uh, at the one over on Turner. I had I had uh, a John Dalkey from the food pantry actually in here at the bar doing his interview for last week's show. At the exact same time that that happened. Yep. So what did you, for example, for that one, that was the one that we've talked about, I think, already. That was a, a young family, uh, two young kids. Everybody got out safely, but uh, it, it, it sounded like it was a total loss or real bad. Like, they lost a lot inside of their fire. It was bad. We've been teaching preschoolers and grade school children fire safety since late 80s. Yeah. It's paying off because now it's inbred in them, and when they're now adults... Yeah, you get you probably get less of it because of the way that people are taught. Right, so that 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 helps immensely. But a call like that, we get a call. Uh, the home, homeowner actually is the one to dial nine one one, and Stanley had a fire. Gave his address. Initial response here in Evergreen Park, we have a structure fire. Uh, is usually you'll get a battalion chief, a fire engine, a either snorkel or hook and ladder, and an ambulance. At the same time, Oakland will send a battalion chief and a engine, fire engine, and hometown will send an ambulance and a fire engine automatically. That's on the get-go. So we were after, right before we start with anything at all, we're at roughly 19 people on the scene. That's the in- initial response for a structure fire. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing. I don't think people get that. I, I worked in, in 911 dispatch, and towards the end of my career, um, Cook County took over some fire districts. Mm-hmm. 
So I started to learn how fire was working. It's a very different animal than oh, police yeah. dispatch. We're the dark side. <laughs> very, very different animal. I hated it. I'll be honest with you. It's a, I'd much rather just send the police to places. And, uh, and, and that was, that was like playing a video game. Fire was like, if I screw up one thing here, everything falls apart. Right. It was a much more intense thing to do, but that's a lot that goes there. I think everybody's impression is if there's a fire in Evergreen Park, Evergreen Park fire is the first thing that comes. You don't call those other people unless it gets serious. But you're saying it's that much as shows up to a structure fire immediately in Evergreen. If you have a fire in 99th of Pulaski, Oklahoma may be first on the scene. If you have a fire in 91st of Pulaski, hometown may be first on the scene. So it depends. We But we, we're all trained. You're on the same radio band, if I'm not mistaken, right? right? We are, yes. Um, but again, we, we use the incident command system. So how this works is... We get a battalion chief on the scene. He becomes the incident commander. At that point, the first engine company in. Now, there is a difference between fire truck and fire engine. Did they explain that to you before? I, I've understood that. The, the, the truck is more of the, uh, it's the bigger one with the ladder that goes all the way up, and the engine's the smaller one. It sometimes goes on medical calls. Right, or, or pumps water. Right. The way this works is for uh, an Evergreen, our, our standard procedure is the engine company will pull up uh, past the house, the hook and ladder or snorkel pulls up in front of the house. We'll ladder the roof with the hook, people from the hook and ladder or truck, and they'll start making a chimney. We call it ventilation. We actually cut a hole in this, in this on the roof. So when you got to this one, this fire is going so well at this point, you're like, we got to pop a hole in well, this right away. Well, actually, it burned through the roof. Okay, it so already, it was already coming through the roof already when you pulled coming through. So that moved quick, that fire. The, no, not really. And, and they yeah. released how this fire got started or where it's yeah, they're originated? Still, they're still investigating. They're still trying to figure it out. But that, that fire's already coming through the roof at that right. house. It was actually burning for a while before they noticed. Oh, very interesting. So that's that's one thing. You know, we're, we're an avid of smoke detectors. Yeah. Couldn't push it enough. That's the yeah. cheap insurance you got. Um, but again, that's where our engine company goes in then, and we find uh, thermal imaging cameras we all have. Okay, we got heat up here. It's in the ceiling. Pull the ceiling. Okay, Put the wet stuff on the hot stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, we need more. Such an area. Give me a second line. Uh, at that point, okay, I got every everybody's committed, and I'm going to call for a box alarm because I need to have some backup in case one of our guys get hurt. We call for a box alarm, and that's called a, a rapid intervention team. Companies come in, be an ambulance or in a pumper or a truck, and they'll be standing by. And, and that's how house fire usually goes down. Uh, band is some are a little hard. Usually 10, 15 minutes, we're done. It's quick. It's quick. It's, it's, it's very quick. Do you have you ever gotten to? And is it true that if somebody parks in front of a fire hydrant, you can just break out the windows and run the hose right through the car? It's not can. It's will. Yeah, yeah that's what you'll do. <laughs> I, I I've heard firemen tell me that maybe sometimes they enjoy it. Like they'll pull up and be like, "Yes, we get to bust out this guy's windows and run the hose right through his car." Because it, they shouldn't be parked there, and it drives you all nuts. So when you see that, you do. So have you ever gotten to do that before? Bust out the windows, run the hose through somebody's car. I didn't break the windows, but I ran the hose through. You ran the hose through the oh, car. Oh yeah, it's amazing. You know, people don't get it, and you know what? They you guys take a satisfaction in that because you're like the, the, the thing is marked. Don't park there. You parked in front of it, and and we get to do this now. And this is like you know you deserved it. And I I, I actually agree with it completely. I love it. I love when I see you guys do those. To give you a contrast in London. City of London, England, their fire hydrants are under the sidewalks, and they have markings. Well, people park on top of them. They actually left the car up, put it wow. somewhere else. Say, okay, go get tap in. So that's 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 all depends on where in the world you are <laughs> and how this works. 
If you own a business, Evergreen Park's own Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. So, so Tom, you, you, you also now work with the Coast Guard, yes. your Coast Guard Auxiliary. Uh, if I can, let me go into detail how that works. How does that work? Because it's, it's a whole different ballgame. All right, give me that. All right, so as the Coast Guard Auxiliary, we're a uniformed branch of the Coast Guard. We're civilian volunteers. We are not law enforcement. We are not military. And you're not military. No. So what do you do for the auxiliary then? Do you ever get to get out on the boats? Oh, I mean, yeah. I have a boat. I, I can't believe that you, like, to, you must really like the water, but also not be bothered by the cold. Because I can imagine there's an awful lot of cold days and nights <laughs> working in the Coast Guard auxiliary where you're out in Lake Michigan. Or on fire scenes. Or on a fire scene. <laughs> And, and, and that's got to be a difficult thing to deal with. I hate water. And, so uh, why did you join the Coast Guard? A couple of things. One is if it's below 50 degrees air temperature or the water temperature is below 50, we can't go out as okay. civilians. 50 to 60 degrees, uh, both have to be somewhere in that range. You got what's called a Mustang suit, which is a anti-weather suit that you zip up. It's a rubber suit. And it keeps you pretty warm. Okay. I won't argue that. Past 60, you're allowed to wear a life jacket and your regular uniform. I, myself, like 80. <laughs> Key, West, <laughs> Key West is good. You know, like, uh, <laughs> we do everything in the summertime. Summer, summer's I would good. like to basically, from about that second week of June to, like, mid-September, <laughs> that's when I'm going to be out there. Otherwise, you guys can get somebody else. I'm auxiliary. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was always that easy. Um, my, my position in auxiliary now has kind of changed. Um, I've been with the auxiliary since 2005. And unfortunately, they keep pushing me up. So I'm right now a deputy national commodore. I actually... It sounds a, like you should have a feather in your head because you're uh, a commodore. I actually have two stars on my shoulder. Okay. So I cover from the Appalachian Mountains to the Rockies, Canadian coast or Canadian border to the coast. Tom, I want to have you back on sometime because uh, you're, you're, you're very interesting. I, you know, like, like next time we got... So, first of all, anytime you get a, like a big event, Coast Guard, you get an interesting fire, you get some good story, reach out to me, let me know. I want, I want to hear about it, but we'll definitely have you back on again. I really appreciate you stopping by. Thank you, Chris, for the invite. We did just finish the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. And we did it responsibly at your place. Yes, we did. A lot did. of people don't get that. They don't. Uh, it like was I always fun. go, well, we were hanging out. Well, they don't have kids, and they we they, they stay away together. from people. We basically quarantine with each other. Right. So it's just one big quarantined family, is right. what this is. Okay, your husband and and you and my wife and me and the three kids and and there's a couple of outliers that come walking in every once in a while, but we know that they're not doing anything. Right. Okay, but we we keep track of who we again have. people we've I just kind made of quarantined it sound, with. I just made it sound like we're part of a swingers club. Oh my when god! When I said that. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, coming in. <laughs> there's a couple of outliers that walk in and out. 
you know, there's something like that. So anyway, <laughs> the, the the celebration was good. I thought you did a good job. You pulled Thank off you. Thanksgiving. You Thank did a good you. job. You did a little Friendsgiving is what you called it. You yeah, did, call you it Friendsgiving. You did, did the Thanksgiving and it was fun. And and uh, I thought you did well. I, I liked you. You threw a little Southern flair in there. You I threw had, a lot of Southern you flair. Had the, you had the, the cornbread stuffing. Yes. Cornbread dressing. So you call it. Now, that's the thing. Dressing. We've been having, we've been having a debate about this in it's the house. dressing in the South. We my call mother dressing. calls it dressing and my wife calls it stuffing. And my mother's from the South Side of Chicago and my wife is from West Virginia. So that uh, can't be figure. the reason. Yeah, we call it dressing. Yeah. Right. I've always called it dressing. Yeah. She's got me calling it stuffing these days. I want to go back to the way that you're doing it. Oh, okay? the cornbread. Oh, it's That so was good, good stuff. I like yeah. that. That was excellent stuff. We also had... Um, the turkey issue. Can I talk about the turkey yeah, issue? Yeah, she can talk is about the turkey. His, the, is it going to hurt his feelings? No, it wasn't turkey my issue? turkey issue. So your, your husband cooked, how big was this turkey? 23 pounds. 23 pound turkey. And how, for not when, that many people. <laughs> was it fresh or frozen? It was frozen. So and we had it thawing for about a week. Thawed it for a week. Okay. So he thaws it for a and week. And brined overnight. And brines it overnight and he cooks it in the stove, right? Yes. Okay. I smoked one because we we did Friendsgiving a few days before Thanksgiving. Yes. And I smoked one here just for the family over the weekend. But your husband was doing that turkey in the oven. Yes. So I couldn't understand why it went so badly, but I understand that he browns his turkey by cooking it at like 500 degrees in yes, the beginning. Yes, because that's what Alton Brown says to do. Who's that? The Food Network chef. Okay. Well, Alton Brown. Stop listening to people on TV. <laughs> so then after he was done with that, he puts it down to the regular thing. But he's like it, it very too fast. He's very anal about whatever the thermometer says. Yeah. So we come walking in the door, and I'm not kidding, folks. We come walking in the door, and he's in a panic. Mm-hmm. He's like, the turkey's going to be done too soon. And I go, why do you think that? He goes, it's already up to 155 degrees internally. And I go, well, what's it supposed to be? He goes, 165. He's got 10 more degrees to go. I said, what are you cooking at? And he tells me, and I'm like, you got like another hour and a half. Relax. Have a drink. He checked that turkey. Every yes. five minutes. And then he still took it out, carved it, and put it on the grill. Because it was undercooked. Yeah, the dark the parts. the moment he hit. The dark parts. The mo- no, it was the middle of the breast. It was down by the breastbone. Like, oh, the really? The outer part was cooked. Well, I wasn't even watching the when he was carving it. The inner part of it was raw because he couldn't get the thermometer in deep enough. So yeah. he's sticking the thing in a 23-pound turkey. Is that what it was, 23 yeah. pounds? Yeah. He's putting a thermometer in. The thermometer's not going all the way down to the middle. And he's getting a reading, and the moment he hit 165, where he's only halfway through the turkey, he's like, turkey's done, and he pulls the turkey out. And I'm sitting there, and I look over at my, look, I'm, I'm not kidding, Hannah, I'm, I'm sorry about this, but I looked over at my son, Dominic, and I said, that turkey's not done. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, the turkey's not done. He's going to cut it open. It's not going to be done. Yeah. And he goes, no, no, no. He said, if he, if it, once it gets to 165, if he goes any further than that, it'll dry out. And I said, this turkey is raw on the inside. Yeah. I said, whatever you do, only eat pieces that have skin on it because you know it was on the outside of the turkey and i go pass it on so i see him walk over pass to his sister and he leans into his sister's ear and he goes and you can tell he's like dad says only eat the stuff next to the next to the skin because the inside of the turkey is going to be raw is that why so many people ate ham oh uh, yes that's why everybody was eating <laughs> I ham was wondering, i was like wow there was, i would have made more had, ham you had a ham on the table and people were like i ain't eating that I turkey like a little ham i was like oh people like he turkey cut the they turkey like down the middle and it was like you know when you go to like uh, like a fogo de chow or one of these Brazilian yeah. steakhouses. And they bring out the big piece of meat, right? Yeah. And you have the well-done side on the other side. It's like bloody because it's rare. Right. The turkey looked like that, but it's not supposed to because it's a turkey. You can't <laughs> have raw turkey. And as you cut through it, it was like well done to rare in the center. And then he's running in and out of the house, throwing pieces of rare turkey on a grill to quick heat it. And I'm like, 
I'm not even mad. <laughs> I didn't even notice all that. Oh, God, I was, finish, I was, on this I was finishing up the sides. I oh. was like, you know, my own little zone. I was not paying attention. I love how you were like, I all these people ate the ham. They yeah. must really like ham. Oh, uh, look at all this extra turkey well, we that's have. That's what I told Dave the next day. I was like, you know, I, I should have put out, because I only cut out and carved like a little bit of that ham yeah. and I froze the rest yeah. of it. I was like, I should have cut and put out more of that ham. Now you know Now you know why when your uh. husband is cooking a big meal for people and Eric and I show up late with a Crave case, people go crazy. Oh, yes. Because they can't wait to eat cooked food. <laughs> <laughs> Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nude is basement. Broadcast basement. The Nudist Basement The Broad Basement Slancha The EP Podcast Heard everywhere podcasts can be found And always at the eppodcast.com